0: everyone it's tim and show joined with john Snyson and yoshi who actually is peeing on the sign right now so it's a tim and john show meets the tim and yoshi show and uh basically i got sick of staying inside all day and looking at a computer <laughs> screen and so uh i know some people are probably gonna complain that it's not super professional and i'm walking around but uh i don't care otherwise there wouldn't be any information because we've got lots of information to cover yeah. john's got lots of different stories pulled up and so, John, what do you think? Uh, what we think we should talk about first? We've got, you know, commodity prices going up, bond yields going up, uh, cryptos. Well, since the last time we talked, yep. you know, went way up, then went back down, and now, you know, probably hovering around fifty thousand. Yep. But uh, what
1: story do you want to get into first? I, I think, um, I think what we should talk about is uh, what has been happening with the ten-year yield, uh, because it seems like as soon as it uh, touched a uh, one point fifty uh, threshold percentage for a 10-year bond, uh, it actually started to, like the markets, uh, right as we uh, spoke here, it started to open the futures. You know, NASDAQ is down 3.84. If you take a look here right now, well, that changed pretty fast. So now uh, it's showing minus 50, which is interesting. Uh, that, that is a major change. It was just showing minus 3.84. Uh, on here, so uh, if we go and take a look at the yeah, NASDAQ, has been dropping here as we can see. You know, it peaked out at uh, about 13 uh, 398 Now it's down at. Uh, when you 12.
0: say minus fifty, you mean you mean it's down half a percent right now?
1: Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, in exactly. The, the fu- yeah, in, yeah. The
0: future, in the futures market.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it, it was showing like minus three point something, but then it suddenly changed. I don't know. Like it could have been that I like it was delayed or something. Uh, But it did show minus 3.85 as we started speaking. (laughs) I suddenly switch over and it's down at minus 0.5 right now. But it's still down uh nikai is uh down 2.53 percent though uh which is an important stock exchange of course because nikai they they had like they just recently actually uh went over their old peak which it took 20
0: 30 years from 30 years years. ago so i mean imagine those i mean you had to hodl for 30 years yeah just to get back to even and just uh two days ago i had a client uh, mm-hmm. Webinar where it was, you know, anyone who's a client got to join. I think I invited you know, a few other people to it. And one of the, I mean, it was a crypto focus, but I, the only non crypto thing I talked about was the 10 year yield. I think at the time was like 1.33 just, you know, two days ago, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was point, you know, like 88, eight, you know, probably in July or August. So, you know, going from 0.8 to 1.3 is a pretty big jump over a very small. Amount of time, and what I was saying is like, listen, if we're underneath one percent, it's sort of like you know, like a green, like flashing green of you know, is okay. Because, because when it comes to the stock market, and again, we're not this is not a financial advice show, you know, do your own research, you know, you can contact me to you know, if you want individual advice, but you know, we're not giving individual advice on here. But what I'll tell my clients is once we get over one, and I say, you know, one to 1.5 that's, you know, as we get closer to 1.5, that's when it's starting to go from green to yellow and 1.5% would, on the 10-year yield would be more like solid yellow of flashing. And then once we're above 1.5, that's when it's going from, you know, yellow to getting pink. And as we're getting up to, you know, 2%, and that's when it starts flashing red because the more debt that we have, the lower the rates have to be just to, you know, keep all, these, all the plates spinning over here, if you will. And you know it was what two days after that call, not even, and the rates went from 1.33 to 1.5, and then yep. and, and it's really the, I have
1: the stock chart market, yeah, right
0: it's really the stock market that is following the bond market. And what I told my clients was, uh, you know, what I expect to happen is that you know there's eventually some sort of short-term pain, the markets go down, then the Fed and other central banks, and you know all the you know, a-holes in government and use that as the pretext to then launch some other massive round of monetary and fiscal stimulus, which is a fancy word for saying uh, the government's going to, you know, print, they're going to spend a bunch of money they don't have and the Fed's going to print a bunch of money they know that the people can never pay back in order to, you know, keep everything spinning. But no, sorry for for, uh, interrupting you over there
1: yeah no it's a uh, this is what's happening is that we got a serious problem uh you know in the markets and it's been caused by all this distortion uh of course by central banks you know dropping rates to near zero uh or you know it it was actually at a point i think in march when we reported on tim i think briefly actually u.s bond yields were were negative like just 0.01 or something uh so they actually did go negative at one point uh but now, currently, like what we're seeing is, you know, the, the bond yields, as I showed, like when Tim was talking about it, you know, we're up at, uh, at 1.5303, it actually closed that today. And so it's sitting there, like it actually just like went today. that was, like, was like
0: last March. Wasn't it like last March? Is that where we're at? I mean, yeah, I can It's uh, too small on my phone,
1: but yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's 20th of February was the last time we were at, uh, oh, hold on. Yeah, 20th of February was the last time we were at this level. Uh, and th- and that 20th was of pre- February
0: was the I believe that was also the high of the S&P at the time at the time I and mean, it's broken, you know, it's gone ahead of that uh, since then but I believe that that was the high either of the, either of the S&P or the Dow just going strictly from memory on this because I uploaded my an anarcho speech to YouTube
1: on February. Yeah, no, you're, you're 100% correct him 20th of February was the high uh, I'm showing it right now so people can see it. So yeah, I'm like, so- I'm
0: like rain, I'm like Rain Man with this stuff. Just out here, you know, with no notes, <laughs> you know, walking my dog. And uh, it's uh, yeah, I was I was pretty yeah, I was pretty sure about that. And yeah. you know, the thing is that is because this world has so much debt that there's like absolutely no way that it can be paid off into, unless the rates are basically at zero, unless you know, let's make a distinction too between uh the rates being zero or negative and and what the real rate is. So if you have yields of you know 0.1 percent i mean on the you know on the uh you know the shorter term yields or even if you have the yield of the 10 at 1.5 but inflation is three you're really you know at the real yield you're really losing uh 1.5 because you know inflation is three which you know I- i'm not sure what their bs metric of inflation is these days i don't really pay <laughs> attention to it because i wrote a book on how they rigged this stuff but it's It's really, um, you know, I do expect the, you know, the Fed at some point to probably launch another QE program. They'll still, we'll know they'll launch it because they'll deny launching it just like they did, you know, going back to the videos that you and I made of like September 17th, 2018, I believe. When all the uh, tape, when all the, uh, you know, overnight repo stuff started going on, it was really sort of the first shot uh, of stuff going on. But uh,
1: yeah, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, but, but actually, Tim, like I'm sharing the screen right now and I'm showing the Fed's balance sheet. You know, since it kind of peaked at, uh, you know, the 10th of June, it peaked out and then it dropped down uh, and, went, you know, bottomed out the Fed's balance sheet around the, uh, the 9th of July. So less than a month. And then it's ever since then, it's been going up. And actually just lately, just the last, like since the 10th uh, of uh, February, uh, it has jumped about, uh, yeah, 10 plus billion already. And and like from the bottom, so it bottomed out that 6.94 trillion. And now it's currently sitting and hovering. I don't know the official number will be released tomorrow uh, or actually today, I believe. So I haven't looked at it, but it's uh, my actual approximation is seven point six one. Actually, I can show you right now. So if you go, actually,
0: did you, you know, this reminds me. Did you ever play that? Play the bet when I think we made, we made a bet and where the uh, where the rates would be, and I I made a like a lower number, but I forgot what I said. I think I said like six and a half or six or something. And oh, I was I was, I was like, way
1: off. Yeah, I was like eight. Way off. Or Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so, and then, you know, I think you're gonna pay me the $20 of Bitcoin too. So, whatever that'd be worth, I yeah, think I'll, it's like, only like $100 it now.
1: No, uh, not it, 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 actually, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the trans- bet, the bet, the bet has gotten fees. way better than what it was back then. You know, if I paid you 20 bucks back then, you know, <laughs> you would get a lot more Bitcoin. Uh, but yeah, yeah except, except, now, except too,
0: now you've got to, you know, now you've got you know a $25 transaction fee to send me 20 bucks. So, <laughs> You're, I'm actually going to yeah. call you
1: five. But anyway, so like, uh, so my numbers, I was $7.61 trillion. The official number is 7.59. Because what I do is I add every day. I add actually the treasury purchases, the mortgage-backed security purchases. So I kind of add that uh, and, and also the commercial mortgage-backed securities. So I have an approximate. I've been pretty close to like every, every week to be like quite spot on. Like I might be as this one here, like I'm a... Uh, so six, one, that'd be like $2 billion uh, off, which is not bad, you know? So I'm I'm pretty, pretty spot on when it comes to the, um you know, looking at the data. Like, I, as I said, you know, I have, you could find this on my website.
0: Yeah, $2 billion off is like, you know, one second of, uh, you know, Fed money printing. At the oh, rate and rate like the so. everyday,
1: like this is the everyday purchases, you know, like they're purchasing one day or $12.8 billion worth of treasuries on the 12th of February, right? So- and and there's actually if you look at the uh, the submitted so that's actually what they put up for like they want to get bailed out on uh that was on the 12th it was forty nine thousand one, one uh no 49 billion uh dollars 49.1 billion dollars so as you can see there's still like a lot of uh, a lot of qe going on uh it's not gone and it's actually continuing upwards like it's not it was kind of tapering off, as I said that, you know, for a little bit, but then it's just been going up basically every day, like some slight downturns, but, uh, you know, it's it's up uh, quite drastically from, you know, back then we we're up 60 billion from the bottom. What's crazy
0: year. is like that 50 billion, you know, last year was like 20% of the market cap of Bitcoin at the time, and now 5% of the market cap of Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, you know, crazy, but, uh, you know, pretty soon, you know, I expect the government to be printing you know, getting those presses started back up. But they sort of need an excuse to do it. And so what better excuse than, uh, you know, having tenure go up and then having, you know, blame it on, uh, you know, rich white people or something. And then they can go, you know, have some sort of, uh, you know, excuse for them to start buying all the bonds and getting us deeper into fascism.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, Or, uh, foul, or,
0: or uh, Fauciism.
1: Fauciism, yeah, exactly. No, that's that's exactly what it is. But uh, again, you know, we, we talked about some other things too. We were talking about briefly about commodities and uh, I'm going to share on the screen here. So like, if we go here, we're going to share the commodities. Uh, these are some of the commodity prices, which is pretty interesting. You know, like if you go and look at, uh, uh, you know, the oil and, and and gas market, like propane is up 41.56 this year. Gas is up 34.98. Crude is up the same, about uh, the same 30.98. Uh, and then uh, uranium is the only one that's down. So I guess there's no war in sight yet. Uh, and again, gold. Yeah, gold is actually also down. It's uh, down 6.64 right now. Uh, if you go and look at the actual food prices, uh, like so this, is more agri- this is all the agriculture um, uh, commodities. You see canola, Sugar, which is a very important ingredient in the U.S. diet, by the way, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, is at a, you know, very high. Cotton, lumber, you know, like both of them are up 15 percent. Corn is up about 15 percent. Wool is up. Coffee is up over 10. So you can see like a lot of them are starting to go up. There's some that are down. is Is
0: this year over year or year to date?
1: Year to date. Yeah. Not year over year. So I don't have that data on me like if you, actually I could pull it up quickly as we could see so this is uh what is this this is year over year so yeah like if we go here to february yeah you know like it's it's actually drastically up from the bottoms that it had well actually it had a top right, right around this time um so like basically we're yeah we're up from like for example this is sugar is up from 13.79 to uh what is it 17.9 and that is yeah it's actually more even more like a little bit more than what uh, what it shows here today so it's definitely like something that's happening there's a trend there that uh, commodities are you know moving upwards and um i don't know like we we had the euphoria that's been going on in the stock market and i think you know when when commodities start going up as well you know like copper you know, I, I do recycle copper for my work, and uh, I, I recycle copper, and I was shocked that, like, I haven't looked at the price, and so I put it in, and and suddenly it was like 500 bucks worth of just recycled copper from uh, from the cabling, and and usually that would be like uh, maybe like 150, 200 dollars. So uh, it definitely is like moving higher up, like copper. Doctor copper, you know, is uh, is also a predictor of you know what what's to come usually. Uh, but it has been moving up. Like it, uh, it is actually at you know uh, quite the record. Uh, I think it's it's not an all-time high. If I'm right, though, let's see here. We're we gonna go to all. Yeah, it's hovering. It's getting close to the all-time highs back in 2010, like the the 2010-2011 peaks. Uh, so it's getting. And the
0: thing peaks. is, like, what what is the Fed going to do when eventually this gets out of control? I mean, there's no yeah. you know Paul Volcker type uh fed president in there to ever raise rates because i mean there's really just a whole bunch of bad choices at their own behest and their own making that they've 100%. gotten themselves into so i don't really feel uh you know bad for them and it's and it's funny i forgot i think it was uh I can't remember if it was janet yellen or Jerome paul and one of them was like well i don't know why everybody talks about you know paul Volcker as being some here oh you know who it was it was freaking paul krugman that's who it was oh no <laughs> was, i you know i got a new phone and decided like hey i'll uh you know i was Downloading the pod one of the podcast apps I was using, and I was like, "Oh, maybe you should listen to like the Ezra Klein show." And that they kept pushing that, and I'm like, "No, let me go see what the propaganda is." And I'm like, "Oh, he interviewed Paul Krugman, fantastic!" <laughs> and of course, it's sponsored by Facebook. You know, every ten minutes there's a Facebook ad. You know, so why is Facebook advertising to a New York Times uh, podcaster slash you know quote unquote journalist? doing in air quotes here for all the, yeah. uh, the podcast listeners, but it's because it's a payoff to the New York Times. So that way the New York Times can write puff pieces about Facebook and never show any of the insidious things that they're actually up to uh, and, and are behind. But yeah, Paul Krugman was saying, I don't know why everybody holds uh, Paul Volcker to high esteem. Like the real guy that should be held to high esteem is actually Ben Bernanke, because it's not easy to just make the decision to print trillions of
1: dollars. And, and destroy the uh, whole economy.
0: Yeah, that's why I call him Osama Ben Bernanke. Yeah, uh, and, and it's just... Well, he was... You know, the, I mean,
1: Tim, Tim, sorry to interrupt you, but he was the guy back in 2002. Is It's a, his famous speech, you know, that he had when... He wasn't, uh, you know, the uh, governor yet, you know, the Federal Reserve. But he was saying that we need to buy a wider array of assets... And he was also saying that, you know, like we might have to look at real estate and stocks as well, like not saying it directly, but kind of indirectly in that speech, he was basically saying that, but, you know, if we get deflation, you know, the printing presses will always win over the uh, de- deflationary pressure. <laughs> so that was Ben Bernanke, uh, you know, talking back in 2002.
0: And that's why, you know, eventually I think there's going to be a hyperinflation of financial assets because they you know, there's unlimited amounts of this money, digital crap that they can print uh, digitally, but there's you know only so much of these resources that they can have uh, yeah. at the disposal of any time, and you know, a resource being you know, bitcoin or gold or silver or any of the commodities you just mentioned or real estate, and so there's a lot of natural deflationary forces out there, like you know, the aging population, at least in America, and a lot of you know, first countries Western around the world. I mean, even like you know, Japan. We just talked about them. I mean, they went into a yeah, 30 they went year... through
1: there. Yeah, exactly. Thirty years old. I mean, capacity. now
0: they sell. They literally sell more adult diapers in Japan than they do uh, child diapers. I mean, not child, but you know, baby uh, and infant. Well, and, and guess who? So actually... I mean, that's worth.
1: Yeah, and you, you know, guess who actually broke the chain and made the uh, you know the Nikai go to new record highs? Well, it was our buddy uh, Warren Buffett. Shinzo Abe. Well, okay. it was it was Buffett, you know, like he went in there and saying like, "Oh, well, let's go and pump the Nikkei stock index up," and uh, sure enough, they you know they pushed it up. <laughs>
0: and, and the uh, Bank of Japan actually prints money out of thin air and uses that money on record to then buy a stock market and all that's on record. I think it was at one point it was like eighty-five percent of, uh, ETS, and, and I think yeah. I. Yeah, the ETFs, and then they were also doing things like having, uh, and and
1: it's 90 percent uh, of all their bonds, you know, are getting bought. Yeah, by they're the, like the
0: largest like, yeah, hold. Japan. Yeah, I think they're the largest holder in like their version of like the S and P 500. Yeah. And they also uh, you know, buy stocks.
1: You know what's interesting too is like in my home country, Norway, they bought four percent of the stock market, uh, the Bank of Norway like Norges Bank, uh, which is called. So they actually have you know gone out and straight bought stocks to prop up the Oslo Burst, which is our stock market in Norway. And that's
0: different than the Norway Sovereign Wealth Fund that is isn't like 1.1 well, trillion. It's like one of the biggest. Yeah, and they own like,
1: we- last time I checked, you know, a year or so ago, they, you know, owned uh, 1% of global stocks. Uh, and the problem <laughs> was, you know, I actually bashed, like I did a video with Josh like three years ago where I went into great detail. And at that time they owed Owned, uh, I think 62, 63% of stocks, uh, like in their fund. The rest was mostly bonds, and then some real estate and stuff at the end. Uh, but at the time, you know, I was saying like, you guys insane, like you're you're pushing your portfolio like all the way up. Like in the last crisis in 2008, just to show you an example of the sovereign wealth fund in Norway, they had uh, the actual holdings drop 44%. But then go, uh, oil was up at record highs at the time. Well, what did they do? They shoved in oil uh, royalties as much as they could and took a whole bunch of money from Statoil, which is now Equinor, uh, and they shoved all that money to cover the losses. You know, like, how are we going to do that now with the price being under half of what it was? Like a third even, uh, close to a third and of what the
0: thing it was. is, eventually with these... Bond losses that have been brewing because you know very rarely do you see you know bonds going down. I mean, like the I mean, so bonds going down means the underlying value, so which means yields going up. So it sort of works like a teeter totter. So if the actually oh my god, like a stick right here, it's almost perfect. So I mean, if the if the rates are going up this way, then the bond then the underlying price is going down. Except you know, let's say you you've got a 30 year. Uh, duration bond and rates go up 1%, you're now down negative 30 if you need to liquidate that. So, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I have got my bonds and just liquid and all that. But, yeah, it's liquid as long as the rates are staying the same or going down. You know, if you get caught on the wrong side of that and rates go up 2%, well, now you're down, you know, negative, you know,
1: well, 60 especially something f-
0: with compounding.
1: Yeah. And for bond investors now, like, think about it, like the the bonds that you invested now, they're near zero, a lot of them, you know, like they're one, two percent at the most that people have been investing in so how you know like and and what you've seen is the hawk is taking a what's called the yield curve which is basically all the yields right like you're seeing the the higher end of them like the 7 the 10 20 and 30 year, they're all the way up like it was the 30 years at like 2.20 something right now i believe uh and um like th- that is not sustainable, you know, for the markets, for, uh, in, uh you know, the, uh, the bond yields to be that high. Yeah. It's 2.27 right now. No, 230 yeah, I've got point. some
0: short, you know, I've got some like short-term bonds, like basically like cash proxies of like, you know, one to three months type thing. Cause it's just yeah. better than getting zero in, in cash. But, you know, for anyone that has, you know, a 10 year bond, 15 year bond, 20 year bond, and think that you're being safe, uh, you're not. I mean, it's it's probably. I mean, in my opinion, it is actually riskier than being in something like Bitcoin because you know Bitcoin's going go up and down and on like a you know probably you know one and a half to three four year time horizon. You know, in the, in the intermediate, I would expect it to probably you know at least hold its value. I mean, obviously, in any given day, it's you know a freaking yo-yo, and nobody knows. Uh, and you know, don't invest more than you can you know afford to lose. Obviously, and educate yourself. But on a bond, I mean, what well, I mean, the rates go up. You know. The interest rates go up two percent and you got a 10-year bond, and now you're down 20-something percent, and now you've got to hold on to your BS bond for another 10 years while praying the rates don't further go up and that things further don't get out of control. And you got guys like Harry Dent, who you know who are saying like one of his best investment convictions are buying, you know, long-term bonds, and yeah, in long-term bonds, people that purchased that last mm-hmm. year end up making a lot of money, but you are playing with absolute fire. And I mean, the amount of bond exposure my clients have is, you know, I think it's like you know, basically like a rounding error of maybe something just got rolled over and we, you know, it's just like, it's an infinitesimally small, uh, yeah. small number. And, and, and I think that anyone that's in like your traditional 60% stock, 40% bond type portfolio is going to get wiped out. And there actually is some research to suggest that even if you are a 60-40 type investor, which probably is about 0% of the people listening to us right now, or hopefully yeah. 0%. And if you're not, go to my website and schedule a time to come talk with me but uh and and actually i mean not to even say this but i mean there's very few i think slots left in march uh you know just absolutely well yeah i mean we're not even in march yet but yeah it's been going gangbusters over here uh but yeah there was some research where the guy from Funstrat I forgot his name it's not tommy lee or something lee but he uh said something to the effect of he did some research and showed that i think it was like upwards of eight percent that you could put into bitcoin might be six percent but and it actually made your portfolio less risky so you would Instead of having you know, 60% stock, you'd have 52% stock, 8% Bitcoin, and then, uh, then the other 40% bonds. And it actually showed by introducing a riskier asset, it would actually make the portfolio less risky because it wasn't correlated to the other assets. But you know, I, but my big thing that I don't know sort of pivoting to cryptocurrency is that you know, last year, and I wish that you taped this because this is on audio. But it's not in video. So immediately after the Anarkopoko talk was the Q and A, where uh, somebody asked what was going to happen to Bitcoin oh, during yeah. the next financial yeah. crisis, and I said, <laughs> and I've got, I still have the audio from this, and I could probably ask Berwick for the for the video. But you know, I said, hey, I'd, I'd expect Bitcoin during the next financial crisis to probably go down eighty percent, and then the dollar temporarily get stronger as people do the exact opposite thing, and then eventually, the Fed will print enough money that it's going to send Bitcoin fly way way the heck higher than it was even before. And I was that you were in the room. That was not a very popular response to give at no. the time I mean, no of to, course and, not
1: it was a big crowd, crowd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: and the thing is like, i was pro bitcoin but you know what did bitcoin do like a month later it was down you know 80 percent. you know not to take a you know, victory lap over here like i say i'm you know with outside walking right now but uh what i don't know is eventually during one of these crises you're going to see uh diversions where bitcoin's going to go up i don't think it's going to be the next one but okay okay maybe bitcoin goes from you know, 50,000, even if it goes from 50,000 down to 10, that that's still, you know, significantly higher than what it was, you know, last year at Enrico Poco. So you know, it's, it's just trying to keep things in perspective, or maybe it goes, maybe it goes down 50%. I, and I don't think this time, I don't think it's going to go down 80, uh, because you're going to have institutional demand, and you're going to have other people trying to get in. Uh, and so, you know, maybe it goes down 40 or 50, but maybe it goes from 100 down to 60, and you're still up. I mean, these are all hypothetical, nobody knows. So, you know, don't go try to sue me because, oh, I heard Tim say that Bitcoin's going to do this. I mean, you know, everyone needs to take responsibility for their own actions and don't invest more than they can lose. And you should probably be dollar-cost averaging in or working like somebody like me, not to make a quick, shameless plug. But that is, I think, going to be the moment when that is going to be the paradigm shift is when you see a financial crisis like we had last year that really sort of perplexed me that we got out of that so quickly. I mean, the economy didn't, but the stock market did. And I think once you see that divergence, that's going to be – the game-changing moment and i don't think we're going to be there for this one uh but with that said i still am very bullish on bitcoin long term uh and the only reason we're not there is because you know the average person out there isn't as smart as you know us or our average listener and and viewer over here and i just wanted the quick aside speak of listeners and viewers i was on cash Jaddies a few weeks ago sam triple's new investing podcast it's absolutely hilarious and one of the guys accidentally called the viewers readers so now it's a joke that is referred to all their listeners and uh people watching their show as readers which is funny because they're obviously not reading the show but uh anyways yeah so maybe you guys want to check out cash daddies and uh, check out the episode that i did it was the third episode i, I believe they had maybe, maybe it was the fourth or fifth but anyways it was one of the one of the top five but just a hilarious show and these guys killed it they that's how i learned, I learned about gamestop from them i think gamestop was like 30 bucks and they were on like the wall street bets forum like episode number two or three talking about freaking gamestop before anybody yep. was and then then they started talking about all these other like flyers that went up like ridiculous percentages. So I'm like, you guys should just like end your podcast now. And it would be, and it's funny cause you got like three comedians who are up there and this would be like the all time, most successful investing podcast ever from like a prediction standpoint. Cause they were literally talking about how people should be going into GameStop. Like before I had heard like anybody talking yeah, about this.
1: Skyrocketing, uh, yeah.
0: Cause I, cause I listened to the show. Cause I like Sam Tripoli and uh, friends with them. I think it's, you know, I think he's hilarious and wanted to see what I was getting myself into. And, uh, and yeah, the first episode I listened to, they were talking about GameStop, like at least like a week and a half before, like basically anybody <laughs> else was, it was like really on the radar. And then I talked to Ernie about it and it was, you know, he was like, really didn't care. And then like, literally like later that day, I think all the fireworks happened. And, and I think didn't it didn't just go back up again. It's like GameStop. Yeah, it was up a hundred percent
1: yesterday or the day before, uh, Wasn't so... it,
0: like three, like 300 like percent bounce. I think I saw like, a uh, uh, I didn't, well,
1: well here, actually let's, uh, just one second. I'll pull it up here.
0: Not investment advice we're just talking yeah, about it because it's in the news obviously but in case the sec wants to be on me i mean right now they're i heard they are investigating uh mr elon musk for his dogecoin <laughs> tweet that's
1: yeah. all that yeah uh yeah no it's interesting it's uh like the the whole game uh gamestop to buy, yeah it's up at 111 oh, right now 62 sitting at uh and uh Let's see here if we can. Uh, like, it's up two point eighty two percent today. Uh, but as a can see, let's uh, hold on there. I'm just gonna pull the.
0: Is Melvin Capital still short? I mean, I don't, I don't know, and I don't know how we'd find this out, you know, quickly. I thought July, they but... were
1: liquidated. Didn't they have to liquidate or their bet? Like, well, they lost
0: I mean, the crap I mean, who knows money. what happened? I mean, who knows what happened with, you know, when the trading was halted and if they, and if they bought, you know, more shorts or were able to buy puts or. Yeah, they had their friends at citadel do something i mean i, I don't know i'm just you know speculating yeah, so what, what that... was
1: the like what was the peak of GameStop shares like wasn't it know, like 400
0: wasn't it? Was it like 400
1: i'm trying to show four, because four i like it's not showing like on the old time here i'm kind of like limited to just go to like the first of february so yeah, did you
0: really... did you watch uh did you watch any of your... i mean go to like you can go to like yahoo finance.com or morningstar yeah. or something. but there was a uh Keith Gills, Roaring Kitty. I don't know if you saw any of his uh, congressional testimony, but it was absolutely epic. He made some sort of... I, f- I think like in his opening remarks, and he's like, and, uh, you know, I'm a blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I oh, am not go, a cat. Yeah, yeah.
1: 325, it was the peak. And that was January 1st. Okay. Shows, yeah. So and then it has- now it's up at 111. Uh, here, it shows 100.
0: Are, sure? Are you sure it was January 1st? I feel like it was like, I feel like it was like more recent than that.
1: Well, here, I'm going to pull uh was it year to date? Oh, here we go. Uh, there was a peak at January. T- oh, sorry. January 29th, uh, was a three twenty five. but it was a little bit higher on January 27th was the peak at three, four.
0: Now is that just close? Now is that just close? Now is that just, clo- is that just clo- yeah, that was the close. Have intra- I don't know. If have the- intrad-
1: oh, here the, the actual, it, it should be intraday. I thought it was here, over four. Here's, here's the all time high four eighty three. Boom. I, I was like,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was like four yeah. hovering around five. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, once again, no notes, just nailing it over here. But uh, yeah, no, it's it probably would have gotten to over a thousand had they not, uh, you know, intervened to help save the little guy. But you know, there was stupid stuff with the DTCC, which is actually the you know people that hold on to all the stock, and there's a certain amount of collateral you need to hold on to, and we've got a really you know old and antiquated system, and because of that, they were going to have like a three billion dollars.
1: Well, they basically you know, were car, like so. Robinhood was basically bankrupt uh or uh, insolvent for a, a period of time that's why they also shut down on their side at least they're claiming that uh so yeah well, i
0: don't I want to get sued so technically they weren't like really i mean they yeah they had to go raise you know a few billion yeah. dollars but before it got to catastrophic uh levels but i mean that's sort of you know their own fault but they should have yeah. you know not had i mean there's no reason why the trades just can't settle instantly. I mean, they've already developed the platforms. So you could Well, have it's like blockchain the is there tokenized. to do
1: exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Well, so- that's what
0: T0, that's exactly what T0 was created to do, which was Patrick Byrne, from over, formerly of Overstock.com. And, you know, I've talked with him about this and seen, you know, I think it's a great idea. Again, not investment advice, super risky, but it's uh, it's been out for a while now. But it, it was groundbreaking where he was getting screwed by uh, Goldman Sachs, go figure. And, you know, this guy's a, you know, a PhD, you know, from Stanford, mathematician, you know, wizard who was mentored by Warren Buffett. I mean, I'm not a you know, gigantic Warren Buffett fan, but, you know, his dad was, you know, one of, I think, Buffett's, you know, friends or deputies or something like that. And so he had a close relationship with Uncle Warren. And, uh, you know, this, this guy knows, he knows how much stock that he held. And he knew that he was being naked short, short or they were naked short selling him. So he spent, I believe, $34 million to sue Goldman Sachs for 35 One yeah. got all the basically, he didn't do it to win a million dollars. I mean, he could give a shit about that. He's a billionaire. This was to get the discovery on seeing exactly what they did. And then he created a stock trading platform. So then that way, people could never do that again uh, because he's a super smart, uh, you know, genius, you know, OG, you know, big time crypto guy. And I think it was, like, two years ago, he, like, basically cashed out of everything and was like, hey, I'm putting everything into crypto, gold, and silver. And this is – so he's probably doing pretty well. Then he got, you know, found himself, you know, ensnared by all the uh, Trumps. I mean, it's actually crazy. It's a whole nother. I mean, that could be like a whole show and all the stuff that guy's been up to. Uh, I was supposed to interview him once. We were, like, already about to go with it at uh, actually the first crypto conference I ever went to. And then, uh, then he got nabbed by another bigger name, uh, Jesse Devonti Ventura. Wanted to interview him for RT. So I'm like, all right, well, obviously, you know, my show that, you know, 10 people listen to on Facebook is not more important than uh, Jesse Ventura. So so he did say he owed me one. So uh, yeah, we we'll should to get him on. Reach out to him. It'd yeah, be interesting now, awesome.
1: no, especially with the whole debacle with, uh, you know, uh, what was that lady again in the NRA? All that stuff. Like, we're he actually, he's claiming that he's a secret agent for...
0: Well, it was like the Russian who was, uh, uh, you know, he, he, there was some sort of like task with having a relationship. I mean, yeah, I mean, who wants to get in you know? it? Well, and then, okay. and then so, what, was,
1: what was the other thing that he just recently came out with? He just like uh, had a massive thing that he kind of broke.
0: Yeah, his uh, website's called uh, Deep Capture. And uh, I mean, we didn't plan out this show, but we definitely weren't planning yeah. on talking about any of this stuff. But yeah, I believe his website's called Deep Capture. or I'm not sure if it's .com or .net, but you guys can just go search engine that Patrick Byrne. And yeah. he's got a lot, I mean, just a fascinating guy with, uh, you know, really, I mean, he's got his hands in freaking everything. And I know some people got differing opinions of him, but, you know, yeah. but what he's doing specifically for, you know, something like, you know, what Robin Hood was up to. I mean, that basically, they, the thing is, it's like, we don't need to reinvent the wheel to come up with these solutions. Like, like there's geniuses out there who already have the freaking solutions that are already developed. Well, They're already out there, but they don't want to use it because then they can't go and they can't front run everybody. And they can't make it to everybody and they can't yeah. screw them in, in the two days that transactions take to settle. And uh, and so Wall Street doesn't want to implement that. And maybe they want to have their own little system that they somehow are able to, you know, grift off of uh, instead of using Patrick's. But so that's why, you know, from an investment angle, it's, you know, it's tricky, you know, doing something like T-Zero because, yeah. you know, you're going up against the man and you're going up against, you know, someone trying to take down the man and the man's not going to be you know, super happy about that. So, and <sighs> it's just you know, not, not very many people know about it either. And I think the Boston Stock Exchange was a uh, trial running it, or maybe one of the Canadian ones, but, or some, some smaller well, ones. I know that, that in somebody...
1: Canada, they were talking about the TSX running on that Project Jasper, right? Basically, Ripple blockchain. Uh, they were talking about that, but then they threw it to the wayside. Uh, they got rid of, uh, you know, the whole project. Uh, but they were talking about it, like, back when we did, uh, you know, a thing on Project Jasper, you know, the first actually, like, uh, uh you know uh, blockchain cashless uh you know some uh project that bank of canada and and it was also um uh, project juniper which uh, was actually i think that still is under works in at the monetary Authority of singapore which is their central bank and that is the quorum blockchain from jp morgan so they have their own blockchain that they implemented everywhere of course
0: well, everyone that loves Ripple, I mean, the Ripple army, I'm not sure how many of them are listening to us, probably none, but uh, that was always like my biggest thing of like, listen, like you think the bankers are going to use Ripple? No, they're going to go create their own. Like, it's, like yeah. a lot of this stuff is open source. They'll find some geek, you know, you know, buy them a hooker, give them some blow, you know, here's a few hundred thousand dollars. Then they'll just go and have some kid with Skittles, you know, coding. And then they'll just go create their own. Like they're not going to use Ripple. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous to think that, you know, these banks who have, you know, billions and trillions of dollars at their disposal are going to start, you know, buying into the Ripple corporation that has, you know, half of the tokens that they lock up for themselves. And that was one of the, I mean, I've been
1: saying that for like over four years. So, uh, yeah. And, and any with pre-mined, forum, Any pre-mined, you know, like tokens are trash to me. Uh, it's even like worse than that. It's
0: like they, yeah. they, they came up with the whole... You know, shebang all at once, whatever it was, like a hundred billion, just got created in their genesis block. You know, unlike Bitcoin, which I I forgot how much Bitcoin came out. I, mean, I think the first block have been like a hundred, yeah. And now it's like six point two five, I believe, every every ten minutes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do you want to? Yeah, I guess we start a good time to pivot towards Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, what's the last show we even did? I mean, it was probably. Probably like three weeks ago or two weeks ago yeah it's least, a while so. back and
1: we, we were like we didn't really do a show. we haven't done a show for ourselves for a while actually and uh but we yeah so
0: in recap we've blown through 40 000 and 50 because yeah. we probably i mean what was it probably thirty-five thousand 000 last time we did a show who knows
1: yeah i think it was I pretty guess. close like i think it was even lower i think it was like uh, you know it didn't even hit 30 maybe uh, last time we did a show together <laughs> uh, and you know it's, it's pretty crazy but you know, uh, let's actually, I, I open up here. So what I'm going to do is we want to show people like, why, 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 is you know, why is it moving up so fast? You know, everybody think it's retail investors, you know, that are hundred percent like driving this, which is quite far from the fact, actually, there's a lot of, lot of uh, you know, wall street, there's uh, uh, corporations like Tesla and others that, you know, are doing- I heard someone
0: say there was 8,000 people on Michael Saylor's- uh, Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe it was you, maybe it was you that told me that.
1: Yeah, because I, I listened to his, uh, he was doing his YouTube. He has a little YouTube channel actually, where he, uh, very interesting stuff that he talks about, which is very philosophical stuff about Bitcoin. Uh, but anyways, he, he was doing his, uh you know, institutional summit and he thought that he was going to have 2,000, you know, institutions on there, but 8,000. So basically four times more than he thought he would have. Uh, and so there's a ton of interest. And of course, like he actually just loaded up in this new dip that happened. He bought another billion dollars worth of, uh, of crypto to his holdings uh, in US dollars. Um, there's well, not uh,
0: only that, not only that, but he also, uh, I believe, raised debt. And then so basically he got, you know, yeah. bonds. For, I don't, I'm not sure how much the bonds were, were yielding, but then used the bonds to then buy Bitcoin, which, oh, comes, yeah, you he, know. A risky strategy you know a very ballsy move but you know people are sort of using it as a bitcoin proxy so but instead again, of getting like,
1: into listen Tib, like would you rather like just go into debt and then buy stocks or would you go into debt and buy bitcoin like
0: <laughs> especially your own especially your own stock i mean so yeah. so and, and this guy is actually a really fascinating guy so i mean i yeah. you know i implore people to go check out some of the interviews i think there's yeah, one of definitely. Like, Rayo Paul that that was really good. Well, and Trump, he, he has name. his own uh, channel
1: as I said. I, I forgot what the channel is, but uh, we, we can share it in our group on our Discord and we have time. Uh, but he had some very interesting uh, views on the future and how, you know, it's uh, Bitcoin is basically going to bring decentralization of en- decentralization of energy because he he believes and uh, and another guy that he interviewed, they believe that you know you could take Bitcoin and move it anywhere. Uh, you want and then create an energy source there uh, basically attached to it that can mine Bitcoin and be like for the local you know uh, whatever people in the middle of nowhere, you know they could actually highly benefit from it. So there's a lot of that. like uh, there's uh, here, you know the the what is it stock price at Japan's top brokerage riding high thanks to Bitcoin boom. Um, and we got BNY Mellon said that they will hire Fireblocks, which is one of the guys that actually Raul Paul uh, started uh, his um, Real Vision crypto uh, side with. He's, he had those guys on and they actually work with him. Uh, but it's yeah, it's called Fireblock. So they're doing like custody services uh, for Bitcoin for BN- uh, BNY Mellon, which is actually like this is pretty huge because that's the oldest bank. The oldest
0: bank, app, yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, which is which is pretty interesting that they are actually like any time when an oldest, you know uh that have survived through so much craziness you know uh goes into something you should probably pay a little bit of attention
0: well unless unless you especially you should pay attention when the oldest investment bank in america was actually alex brown who then got bought by deutsche bank who they were the ones who bought the put options on 9-11 uh not 9-11 but on uh on american airlines right before 9-11 and then their former uh director was buzzy kronigard who had stepped down six months prior and was the acting director of the CIA when that just a you know quick aside we're playing talking about that either, but we're talking about the oldest bank. And so Yeah, uh, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But and then yeah, no one got any trouble for that. I mean just a must be a coincidence that there was like probably a, a 10 standard deviation type event where you know, they just bought a massive amount of put options for no reason right before, you know, the plans said, oh, power. Somebody, but, you know, I'm just was, conspiracy theorists.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like, it's funny, you listen to guys like, uh, what's his name? James Rickards there. You know that are talking about that because he's gone into great detail on that. He said like, well, it was just like people trading on rumors that they heard, and then it just spreads like wildfire. So it was nothing really sinister behind it, of course. Like that, we know who. Like uh, I, I really like James Rickage, He's a very extremely smart guy, but I think he works for the CIA, unfortunately. And. You know he's he's a part of that, uh, and you know he's been working with them forever. So who, you know, I, I don't think that he's not going to be working with them now. It's like you it because it's pro dollar, like it's all about the dollar, and and then the US using gold back dollar uh if you know like he comes and crushes bitcoin every time he has a chance you know so he's he's definitely on one side of yeah he's a guy where
0: you know i like yeah i like listening to him but it's sort of in like a karate stance of like i don't really trust him and sort of i do think he's yeah but i do think he's interesting and he's got a lot of good things to say and i books and uh, i learned
1: i learned a lot from the guy like i learned about bayesian uh you know um theorem and all that stuff where you could actually dot out and and create like Look at like how can things happen? Like try to create a huge map of you know potential outcomes that have been really like useful uh, as well. well. I
0: see you got Square. Well, I see you got Square yeah. on the uh, on yeah, the screen. So Square... and actually, and I will say, I will make a disclaimer that I do own that in my clients' investment portfolios, and so uh, not make a recommendation on it. I just yeah. you know sort of think, okay, well, it's like a nice convenient on ramp. But actually, I think Coinbase today filed their IPO paperwork, and it's going to be like yeah, hundred. Uh, $100, uh, actually, or... I
1: do have uh, I do have that somewhere here uh dubai businessman buys bitcoin bitcoin futures so what type of p
0: what type of pe ratio would that be because i think the revenue was about a billion uh switch obviously revenue oh so that's
1: a that's a pretty good p ratio there yeah so it's 100 billion uh they're valued at uh at their you know initial public offering so that's that's pretty huge you know, for um, uh, for them as well. You know, a lot that like of things. was like bigger
0: than like, like Facebook and bigger than like yeah. even like when it came out, not, not now and probably, probably bigger than even Uber and Airbnb and those ones too. And yeah, uh, yeah it's true I it didn't happen a few years ago because I've been, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just need to see what it ends up being, being priced at. But, you know, it's just such a, an easy on-ramp for people because people don't want to do things the right way. They don't want to hold their private keys. They don't want to put it on a armor wallet they just want to go boom click a button it's there and something like square makes it easy Coinbase makes it easy uh PayPal you should definitely not be buying your Bitcoin and PayPal because you're not actually even you're not even like buying Bitcoin yeah. you're buying something that's a proxy of the price of Bitcoin because you can not actually move it off exchange I believe and I think you also can't even like I don't even think you'd even send it on their own internal network to other people. I think you can basically just, oh, use just buy totally it insane.
1: what the old What's interesting here, while we're talking about it, i got to find it here. Uh, I have a bunch of, like, there was so much. Oh, yeah, here, Uh, MasterCard, you know, announces that they actually are going to seem to support that you actually could do a direct payment uh, with Bitcoin uh, through their system as well and of course they've been working with uh, you know crypto currency exchanges to do multiple cards both Visa and mastercard of course so there's no surprise that they have to adopt here because there's a huge adoption in crypto so they have to you know uh, get on and it's it seems yeah. like it's yeah. uh, like bitcoin is starting to become like a black hole for fiat basically uh currently and that's what i kind of see does well, that don't
0: tell bill gates that i mean i saw him you know criticizing it the other day saying oh, oh well, here's rich this well, is Elon Musk, then maybe you can do it, but because he's sophisticated, he's got money to lose.
1: Yeah, here's the and article right here, <laughs> Sir Clear of Bitcoin Mania, unless you're super rich, says Bill Gates. So he's probably holding some, you know, uh, to make sure that you little peasant, you know, you'd be stupid to buy something that you actually made 400% o- over the last, you know, uh, little while here over the past year. So yeah, you idiot peasant, how, how would you dare? Returns? How would you dare to, you know, actually uh, be able to front run Wall Street, which is basically yeah. if you're in, in Bitcoin a lot of other, mostly Bitcoin, of course. Uh, but if you are in that, there, you know, you're front running, uh, you know, the Wall Street boys right now. Like when, whenever get the, uh, did the peasants get that chance? <laughs> Very few times. So, well, I uh, guess
0: we did like last month with Robinhood and they had to shut that down with, you know, GameStop.
1: Yeah, but there they, they but actually I shut you down. Not, they can't not, shut. Yes. They can't shut Bitcoin down. So, like, you can't, just, you can't just close, you know, Bitcoin. It's like, yeah, there's not going to be any Bitcoin tra- uh, transactions happening. You can't, you can't do that. So, yeah, no, they're, uh, they're, they're in so serious trouble with Bitcoin because get, can't really control it. You know, there's, there's been attempts of taking control uh, over it many times, but it's, it seems like it's really resilient. And, and it's because of decentralization.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Yellen came out recently too and said something to the effect of, you know, you know, people shouldn't be buying Bitcoin and it's, you know, it's not stable and it's risky. And Lagarde said the same thing. And yeah, I mean, all these people who you know couldn't manage their way out of a paper bag, you know, are now trying to tell people, if yep, there you go. Yeah. Bitcoin's I... rise should make regulators ask if the Fed's policies have a head in it. And of course, you know, they'll probably call us. You know, kind of qe conspiracists like they did last year and, well, and the year before that about well, yeah trying to it's imply like there's any well the best re- yeah
1: and Herod says the best reason uh, to focus on bitcoin's rise is uh what it tells us about the risks that may be bubbling up amid federal reserve commitment to zero reserve uh, zero interest policies it's like oh a little surprise like People will, you know, like go and leverage. And, you know, like that's what I, I, my belief and a lot of other people was the crash that happened now was it was shaking out a lot of people. Uh, you know, there was a lot of people that, you know, were over leveraged in the crypto markets.
0: And maybe you oh, could also search the term. I, I believe, I think I saw a headline the other day where the term, uh, search term stock market bubble was at like an all time high for people like proactively searching out like Googling the term stock market yeah. bubble was like, like uh, extremely insane high, like off the charts. I don't know if you'd have to like Google trends or something, or if maybe you just type in people Googling
1: well, stock, like market. stock market. Yeah. It's like a ton of like big news, uh, news, are uh, you know, news, uh, for, you know, um, uh, articles out there, you know, just talking about it. So yeah, no, of course, there, there's a lot of it happening right now. Uh, of course, you know, one thing, Tim, that I wanted to talk about, we're still going to talk, this is a crypto thing as well. Uh, i'm just trying to find the article here if i can look for it because there was a coordinated attack on bitcoin saying it was very volatile it was a bad asset you know for volatility and and a bad uh, you know wealth preservation and you know that happened right before the crash itself which is interesting tim um and and it wasn't just like yellen it was central bankers all across the world you know like you have uh the chief of, uh, you know, Bank of Korea came out and said the same thing, you know, expects volatility, intrinsic value is problematic. You know, he says that right before, like this was on February 23rd. Uh, so like they, they they all came out and, you know, like warned about these things right as it you know, happened, suddenly right after. And at Kraken, uh, the uh, the cryptocurrency exchange.
0: Wait, I just, need, I, just need, I just need to interrupt real quickly because the dude that uh, – jumped josh Richardson and I, or goddess jumped is actually right behind me right now and i see his truck right there oh so he's in the he's in the hot tub that's because i've got like multiple different pool areas and uh, they got he way, actually that
1: was the guy that attacked he's right
0: him. you know he's right yeah the guy the crazy uh standing up after civil war general is like less than 100 yards behind me right now so i will not be but yeah, he actually took the Punisher logo off of his truck now to try to oh, hide yeah. himself. Because I think he got, yeah, so actually he doesn't have it on there anymore. Oh, yeah. one of my other neighbors said that he got creeped out by them. But yeah, yeah. people are like, oh, you guys are so gay for going to a hot tub. I'm like, well, first off, it's a really nice like pool resort area. And I've got, you know, multiple, yeah. and usually there's literally like nobody there, especially well, I mean, it's beautiful out. I don't know why there's nobody here. But I mean, it's getting a little chilly now because the sun's going down. That's what happens in the desert yeah. when uh, the sun goes down. But, yeah, he is literally right behind me now. Um, Yes, yeah, awesome. so I could see. I guess saw him through the fence when I was uh, walking by. And then I'm like, yeah, there's this, <laughs> there's this truck. But I've got uh, multiple forms of protection on me. so. Oh, that's good. Because I was actually thinking about stopping in there and then, like, putting it down there and, and doing the uh, podcast from in there. But, luckily, there's another. I
1: guess it's not happening right now
0: there's another pool area that's okay. about 150 yards in front of me. So oh, okay. the beauty of Arizona that I literally can walk from one end to the, you know, I can walk for yeah, like no two kidding. minutes and go well, and fun. actually, and this is actually a smaller one too. There's actually a much nicer one. That's, uh, you know, another five minute walk in the other direction. Awesome. Uh, well, so- yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Just not every, yeah, yeah no worries.
1: But uh, yeah, you know, craziness with Tim and Josh, what, what happened there, I was totally insane. I guess you guys have seen it, you know, the video that they made right after it happened. <laughs> it's like, holy crap, you know, like it's, uh, this is insane. But here, like, let me show you something. This is interesting, Tim, because this was uh on Kraken exchange. There was a flash crash in very many current cryptocurrencies and Polkadot was one of them, you know, and uh, it was down on the day when they took a picture. So some of our friends actually shared this on our uh, on our channel on our Discord. Uh, but it was up at you know like 30 something, you know 30, yeah, around 30. And then it dropped suddenly down to 22 and came straight back up again. Uh, and, and that is like, yeah, you're looking at probably like a 20% or or, or more drop. You know, like you're looking at uh, here. This is uh, Cardano. You know, they were down at probably. Uh, around 0.90 something, dropped down to 0.62 and came straight back up to 0.90, uh, 0.94 or something. Uh, and within, you know, minutes and seconds, uh, there was other ones that weren't so, you know, huge drop, but there were, you know, chain, Litecoin had similar, you know, big uh, drop that took a little bit longer. Uh, and also, yeah, there's, these are just like other tokens uh, that are traded that they showed us
0: well i see your, probably... your headlines the your headline shows elon musk lost 15 billion in a single day from his own tweet and i yeah. think that was <laughs> i think that was a cya which means cover your ass move yeah. because uh or a maybe he wanted to go buy in more at a lower level and oh, knows, played yeah. it that way but i mean who knows allegedly and so i think that he his some of his advisors or lawyers are probably mm. like hey you know what you're tweeting out, you know, could probably be construed as some sort of manipulation, but technically it's not even a stock. So it's not a security. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, he's already, you know, sort of run roughshod over the, over them before. So I don't actually know, you know, what's anything would actually, you know, come about from that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a complete CYA move and, you know, who cares, you know, in the span of, you know, one day, you know, if the Bitcoin goes down for, you know, I mean it was still week over week, it was still up slightly. So you know, putting things in the context of the you know great crash that's going on. Yeah. Uh
1: well here you know, Ted, over here, you know, since we're talking about Bitcoin, uh, you know, let's let's take a look at different currencies and their gains versus Bitcoin. Well, here's an interesting one. Okay, so the US dollar is up you know 427 percent uh over the whole year. Um, but if you look at an interesting one, look at Argentina where there's currency issues right now, massive problems again, you know, they're Sarah defaulter, they had like six hyperinflations or something and close to eight deflation, uh, devaluation events. But look at Argentina. In Argentina, the the Bitcoin price is up 677.70%. Why, why is that? Well, it's because people need to use it, you know, because they don't want to use the local currency. Uh, same and you know, if you go and look at the Brazilian real here, uh, 566%, but otherwise it's pretty, you know, like uh, stable around a certain point, but they were the biggest point, you know, points of gains and, and they're, you know, troubling, troubling uh, countries, you know, they have problems with their currency, even, even the ruble is, you know, over 500% versus, you know, some countries that are lower, like on the low end, you have the Australian dollar. So, which has kind of been like strengthening a bit um you know do
0: you like, have uh, do you have that on screen that you could show the viewers oh,
1: sorry yeah sorry actually i'll uh my fault here i'll pull it right back up here Oh, because i
0: mean knowing knowing you yeah. and knowing us i mean you could have been doing it off the top of your head too so no it's like yes yeah, so and where is something. that that's uh and that's that's this on trading trading economics yeah so
1: you can actually is, see yeah. the use yeah this is the price here you know the the current price for forty seven thousand. uh it's laying out right now bitcoin uh, but as you can oh, see it's here, a very, yeah, it's a very cool chart. I mean, yeah, I, I really like it because, too, it, yeah, because it kind of tells a tale. Uh, this is actually live too, which is pretty cool. Like you see live updates. But what is cool though is that you actually see the the big gains are in the places where they actually have you know distrust in fiat currency, uh, and, and it's more utilized. You know, look at what happened in Nigeria. I think it traded. You know, Bitcoin traded at seventy-two thousand uh, dollars Bitcoin in Nigeria. Uh, because of you know their their central bank basically banned uh you know transactions in Bitcoin and uh it, it was very interesting Tim you know they came out and and then suddenly uh they had you know uh, Nigeria suddenly was uh you know the the price was uh I think it was like a premium of 20 percent or something almost uh, of the actual Bitcoin price because now the banks and everybody stopped you know the Fiat 2 um a fiat to Bitcoin transactions, right? So, like, what they did was that they actually, you know, uh, came and, you know, it comes with a premium when it's hard to get by.
0: Yeah, when all the uh, Nigerian Prince money rise up. I mean, who's...
1: What, uh... what you got to remember with Nigeria, Tim, is that they're very similar to Canada, where I live now, and Norway, uh, because they're a big oil country. They're one of our biggest oil producers in the world. The oil prices are down, so there's been heavy inflation there. Uh, Norway and Canada have seen heavy inflation as well, uh, and Nigeria more so than, uh, than the two others, of course. Uh, and, and you've seen that, like you've seen uh, some serious, serious problems there in, in Nigeria, Tim. Uh, and of course, it, you know, both well for Bitcoin because Bitcoin price goes up. Everybody's continuing to use it. You know, like it's uh, in Zimbabwe in 2008 when they had a the hyperinflation. They came after and said that, oh, it's punishable by death if you trade or use gold or silver as currency, as money. Uh, Well, Mm -hmm. everybody used it and it didn't work because the the currency just died and died and died. (laughs) Because like, think about it. Like why would you uh, accept and use a currency that is constantly falling in value? So it goes to the point, like it's that vicious cycle when you get that distrust, that trust connects from a currency, you get a full collapse. You know in in the actual valley because what it needs to happen is the government needs to just print atrocious amounts of currency to cover whatever tax losses and everything they have to everybody right Tim? it's uh uh it, it's just like you know when you when, when you go and look at like today you know there's a lot of people that are drawing similarities right now between you know 1930s and today because velocity was in weimar republic so they're looking at the velocity super low. So that's how much money, you know, are uh, moving hands around the world. Uh, and uh, if you go and look at the velocity right now, Tim, it's it's very interesting. I'm going to pull it up here so people can see it. Um, you know, the velocity in uh, in the United States, here it is, you know, the M2 ma- monitor velocity. So take a look, you know, like it, it just took a plunge, you know, from quarter four 2019, QE kind of started, right? So, um, basically, you know, everybody moved their money, uh, like there was a QE. So like they bail out the banks, they take all their trash assets, put it on, uh, and then the banks get fresh, uh, you know, reserves, but that gets stuck on the federal reserve, uh, accounts that the banks have. So it hasn't moved into the economy. And as you can see here, you know, like all the stimulus and everything that happened, you know, the little bit of reopening we had in quarter three of 2020, you can see it barely made a difference and it's trending down again, you know, in quarter four. So we haven't gotten, like we probably need to wait another two months, one or two months, I think before we get the next number. But as you can see, it's at record lows. It's, you know, as low as it almost have been in history and and it's not changing, you know, Uh, one other interesting thing, Tim, is that uh, the, uh, uh, what was it? The, uh, the, Federal Reserve changed uh, a measure on their M1 money stock measure. Uh, They actually added something here, as you can see. I don't know if I want to read all this, but um, they actually added uh, something and changed their M1, uh, you know, how they measure the money. As Ernie Ernie would
0: say, uh, skip to the end. No,
1: (laughs) no, exactly. But basically they they added something uh, and they, took something away uh and so they did that so they took away the old m1 how they uh, you know count it and then they added with a new type of m1 uh but for everybody that's interested like everything like this get posted on remember Discord. they
0: like got rid of like m3 uh i don't know what it was probably 2008 when they're yeah. like oh you know it cost us so much to produce this i mean yeah bullshit it costs so much money like there's all these private people that can get that produced or like john williams Shadow Stats. Uh, You know, other people. I mean, it it was like the easiest number ever to produce since they have all the other raw data. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're just not going to show this anymore," Uh, meaning that they definitely, you know, yeah, you got to yeah w dot. And then if you go in there, there's a uh, one of them says something like uh, monetary supply and yeah.
1: Sorry, I got a. Some reason I'm having problems.
0: The Fed is going in and shutting down John Williams' website.
1: Oh, here we go. <laughs> Alternative data, we go into money supply, and yeah, oh, here we go. God. Yeah, look wow. at that. Look at, <laughs> you know, look at the it's increase. Even, I mean, it's even
0: hard to like, you know, it's it's hard to like wow us on anything, and then it's like, you know, wow, that's. I mean, for the for the listeners out there, what we're looking at is a chart from ShadowStats.com where it shows the annual U.S. money supply growth. And it shows last year, what was it, the M2 was uh, 70%, like basically yeah. off the charts?
1: Well, yeah, the the M, no, it's actually the M1, Tim, uh, that grew by 70%. Oh, that's
0: M1. Yeah, I've got, I'm on a much smaller screen looking at yeah, it right yeah, now. Sorry. Uh, my yeah,
1: phone, so, but. so basically it's 70, like M1 grew by 70%. And then also like just uh, like M2, which is all currency in existence, right? In the US, that grew by, you know, uh, what is it here? Like 25%. 20 or 30. Yeah. You're adding 25% increase to the money supply in one year. uh, And you're expecting, the thing is like, what's interesting with Peter Schiff, you know, he's talking about QE's creating inflation. Well, it's creating really like just asset inflation because what the banks do with those uh, reserve assets that they have on the, uh, you know, on the Federal Reserve, they can now borrow more money uh, out, you know, to and go and buy more stock, you know, margin debt, whatever they do with it, right? And to play around. Uh, it.
0: Just everything is, I mean, everything is just so crazy. And we probably should wrap it up soon because uh, yeah. I've been talking all day and like super tired. But uh, speaking of craziness, I'm reading on Zero Hedge right now. Mr. Potato Head to become general neutral to allow yeah. kids to create same-sex families, so it's just going to be a general neutral potato head. So can't even have Mr. Potato Head without you know somehow offending all the liberals when uh, you know they always want to say you know trust science. And Rand Paul had a great exchange with uh, I forgot her name, Dr. Levine, the former man that became a woman that is now going to be the uh, Assistant Secretary of Health, and he asked her some very pointed questions like you know you know do you support you know minors uh you know basically overruling their parents who were like 12 years old to go get you know gender mutilation mutilation and basically she wouldn't answer the question they kept dodging be like you know it yeah. is a very scientific uh nuanced type thing we'd be happy to talk about this with you further and then he kept pressing her and like basically those are the type of answers that uh gave, But, yeah, I mean, it just shows, like, the craziness of, like, everything. I, like, almost can't even take it, just how...
1: Well, it's, like, cancer uh, culture, Tim. Like, uh, actually, my brother, he's really into, like, looking at uh, Asian series on things. And, and he was telling me, like, cancer culture actually derives and comes from South Korea. They were the first ones to actually uh, implement that. And start with the whole crazy cancel cancel culture,
0: and then you got to go make Batman gay and Superman and all these other people. And and the thing is, actually, the guy like the I didn't find this out until maybe three four months ago, but like the head Marvel writer who, uh, you know, was like basically responsible for turning all these different characters gay. And nothing against gay people, but yeah. it was actually a guy I went to high school with who graduated with me, who was actually probably the biggest gay basher of anybody that I knew. And he was also, uh, you know, and he was making fun of, and basically a lot of his attention he focused on me, you know, probably because he had a crush on me or something. Now, because he's now an out of the closet gay guy who now is the guy responsible for making a lot of the Marvel characters gay, winning awards from GLAD, when he was the one, you know, dropping, you know, the other f bomb on me every single day and calling me a bunch of things that we can't say on YouTube to get us kicked off. But then, and then now he's the one getting awards from. Uh, you know, from Glad and making all these characters gay. So it's just like, you know, go figure. Um, But, you know, the good thing is I don't have cable anymore. I don't have Facebook. I don't, uh, you know, I don't subscribe to any newspapers, you know, canceled Wall Street Journal, you know, years ago. Because you got to vote with your wallet. That's the best vote you can possibly make. So, uh, you know, a lot of this BS that I, I don't even have to, like, come across any day, like, almost all my clients are crazy people just like you and me. And I'm saying that, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with in, in an endearing way, because, you know, I don't think that we're crazy, but um, it, it's just great. And also living in Arizona, I don't have to see as much of the BS, uh, you know, I just have, you know, crazy guys named Robert E. Lee that are after Josh. But aside from that, uh, it, it's it is great. I like, like like it's been a month off Facebook over a month and I don't regret it at all. I'm, I don't find myself missing it. You know, maybe the first couple of days I was accidentally typing in Facebook on my phone or something and realizing, oh, yeah, I already deleted it um and actually my new phone i don't have like any of the i don't have even have instagram i've got instagram on one phone but not my other i'm just you know you got to make votes with your wallet that's the most yeah. important vote you can make and you know also make votes with your wallet of you know maybe you shouldn't be in bonds and something that you know when interest rates eventually go up uh, they're either not going up and they're going down or they're staying at zero and you're getting no interest or they're going up and you're getting crucified so but there's literally no Great answer. Okay, great. <laughs> Yeah, there's Go no hope.
1: There. How about that? There's no hope for Bonds. You I know? forgot
0: who said it. It may, it may have been either uh, Peter Schiff or Rickards or one of these guys who said – or maybe Harry Dent. I think it was Peter Schiff that said basically you're picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. So, you know, I give people credit when – People have come up with other, other sayings, not trying to take people's, you know, thunder. Uh, whereas there's, you know, other people that you and I have worked with in the past. And I'm not talking about Josh Higerson uh, who, uh, you know, try to make these different claims that they read on different headlines and try to, you know, voice it on as their own. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, again, I'm not talking about Josh, uh, I'm talking about another person that we've done lots of videos with, but, you know, but in any ways it's just everything is just backwards right now. Uh, and I think that all this backwardness is long-term, for me, long-term bullish on Bitcoin, long-term bullish on, you know, a lot of these commodities. And when well, I'm you, trying to... You make- know
1: who else is bullish on Bitcoin? Uh, we've totally forgot that because it's a week or so old. Is uh, Jeffrey Goodluck said that, you know, Bitcoin uh, is looking like Bitcoin is going to be replacing gold as a store. You of know wealth.
0: what, like two or three days ago, when when we or maybe even a week ago, when you wanted to do this, I think the main thing I wanted to talk about was yeah. Jeffrey Goodluck. And it's funny that we almost ended this without even talking about that. And that was... He's probably one of the most well-respected bond managers in the world. He's yeah. known as now the bond king. It was Bill Gross. Now it's him. And, and the funny thing is he thinks bonds are a bad investments, so and he runs like almost more bonds than anybody. And, 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 so, and he also said that I believe it was something that's going to pull this up. It was something like you know, Bitcoin is a better version of gold than gold or something to that effect.
1: And oh, so yeah. Not no, only that's was, what I said. Dear, and talking
0: about the on. dollar losing reserve, and he's talking about the dollar losing reserve status at some point too. So, I mean, he's dropping major bombs. I mean, this guy is the guy who, uh, you know, he runs double-line investments or double-line something. I used to have clients that were invested into his fund, like, at my last firm that I was at, like, five years ago. So, Uh, but, yeah, one of the very few investment, more mainline guys that I actually, uh, you know, pay attention to. Yeah, Jeffrey Gunlock says Bitcoin may be a better bet than gold. But I think somewhere in there, basically, it's it's basically a better version of gold than gold or something like that. But,
1: yeah, it doesn't, uh, can't really see it in this one. I think this is just like, uh, uh, somebody took an article. Double
0: line Capital. Okay, I said Double line Investments. I knew it was yeah. something like that. Yeah, so Double line Capital. And uh, and he's one of the, I mean, I don't really follow him, but like when I, every time I stumble across something that he says, it's like a lot of times something that I'm thinking, or I remember like a year or two ago, listening to one of his interviews and I was like, oh my God, it sounds like everything I was saying like eight months ago. Like that, he almost took like word for word. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's not, you know, paying attention to me. But uh, you know, he's a smart dude, and uh, and when you've got a guy that run that probably knows more about bonds than just about anybody, saying that you know bonds are bad investments, uh, you know, what does it tell you? And he's yeah, very smart dude, and I definitely respect him. He's probably one of the only mainline uh, non you know crypto anarchist you know, crazy people like us. And I actually, you know, do respect what he says.
1: So, so here's a thought before we, quit, uh, like, end this whole thing, Tim. Um, what do you think about, like, negative interest, like, us, you know, go, like, they ha- got to cut interest rates again. They go into negative on the short yield. Uh, and then they try to do yield curve controls. So they're trying to come after Even Japan can't control their, like, their uh, longer term, term debt like that's still you know like i think like five or eight uh, 0.5 or 0.8 or something uh so you can't control that but like if they to go negative though they really need uh you know to go cashless at the same time or else you're gonna have like uh, what happened in um uh in uh, switzerland where they actually like everybody was going into cash you know stacking cash together with their gold and silver and the waltz Uh, Or you could have, like, if we do go cashless, you could have something happen, like what happened in Ecuador, where from 2014, you know, they launched their first digital currency, it never got adopted, and it failed, like, it was like, well, we can't use this because nobody wants to use it, and it failed in 2018, the first ever. Is that
0: that the the Petro, or is that? No, no, this is
1: an Ecuadorian uh, central bank digital currency team and it actually failed
0: cbdc like- paypal is coming out and saying they want to be the cbdc wallet of choice i mean they're, they're going to get everybody cashless uh yeah. so and then that way they can pull the rug out and then along with that take guns and so uh you know that's where things are going it's going towards more technocracy, more authoritarianism and more of a boot on everybody's you know basically neck is you know pretty much where we're going and i think with the biden regime they're you know basically fast tracking it not that you know basically you know Trump was, you know, basically fast tracking everything too. It's just people were all caught up in this, you know, queue of, hey, someone's going to save us, and he's doing all these bad things because of 40 chess, and we're smart and smarter than you because there's good things that are really going to happen. And you know, if, if nothing else, uh, hopefully he's exposed how corrupt the whole system is. But all too little, too late, and things that you and I, many of our listeners and viewers, have known about for years. But it is, uh, it is frustrating. But I'm getting, uh, you know, super tired after yeah, working me too. all like crazy the past, uh, well, the past, you know, forever. But anyways, uh, I'm uh, probably going to try to, you know, relax a little bit and maybe not run into uh, any Civil War generals who are after me. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you can go on uh, World Turn of Media's Bitshoe channel and watch the video that Josh and I did where we, uh, you know, detail that. Or I think it's also in the last video on my channel as well, uh, where I was doing a walk and talk with Yoshi where I went over this also. But anyways, uh, you know, wish me luck and uh i'll talk to you guys later it's been a great you know swap cast of tim and yoshi mixed with Tim and john and uh, yeah i just had to get outside before you know the sun went down to uh you know get some vitamin d and make sure that i yeah. you know i am in. i'm not sure i don't think i'm in the coronavirus capital of the world anymore uh so i think we were banquet i don't know who is but you know, we we're, been, we're yeah, but now type.
1: we're not here either like they're they're but they're still keeping the red regulations in so like they're still like crazy you know stop for people doing oh i just
0: see a video where a canadian guy i think it's
1: on instagram oh yeah here like you know like since, since we have it all okay let's just do it like just oh for... you actually have that up so I, I don't have the video but this is the you know welcome to canadian tire you know like it's uh, not not walmart uh what would be the equivalent in in, in the u.s but anyway it's like a he, he discount went tire. And,
0: yeah. yeah
1: he didn't he didn't wear a mask and, and that's what happens. And actually, no, I there think- was a
0: guy, there was a guy who flew into the country who didn't have a mask on, who then like, who then was like live streaming it and saying like a boss, yeah. like, Hey, listen, I'm not going to go do this. And like then yelling at everybody, be like, listen, you don't have to do this. It's
1: charter oh, rights
0: and- of section, this of section that of, and, and then by he's the like, way, look, at, police.
1: look at the deaths, the 747 deaths right now for the COVID vaccine in the U S. I'm just trying to actually find that because I posted it a little bit earlier here.
0: And even that, I'm sure, is way underreported. As you know, I doubt they put Hank Aaron in there, and I doubt they put Larry King in there, and I doubt people know the actual protocols of what you need to do to,
1: or it could be really like counted. this guy instead, you know, like, hey, I took the Moderna RNA vaccine. Woo!
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. That's tattooing. You
0: know, like I, I got to the tennis court and I overheard this one couple being like, this one guy saying, oh yeah, my wife just got paid. To get the vaccine this woman is like oh my god you got paid to get the vaccine isn't that just incredible i'm like yeah you know what you couldn't pay me to get it and then uh this is actually the only time that these people have never actually taken the debate most times i'm not trying to take debate or doing anything like that but this time i was just you know so sick of it and i you know it's just propaganda all the way around us but you know what if you want to get the vaccine and you know whatever uh not my problem Of whatever you want to do to yourself yeah, another great picture. That'll probably get us kicked <laughs> off to YouTube for the yeah. uh, for the listeners. It's pouchy with a uh, mask on, but it's like a Hitler type mask with uh, just you know the a uh, surgical mask over you know a little mustache.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's you know it's funny though in Norway they actually ended up uh, saying that they're not going to implement vaccine passports like Sweden and Denmark is because they don't believe that yeah. you know they, the problem they is every that-
0: other place. Problem is every other place you want to go to or really Well, yeah, from and Will, they're gonna, so.
1: where they're gonna get you is at the borders, right? Like that's where they're gonna like screw with you, so you can't damn travel outside of your own country. That's the insanity of this. Like we're we're witnessing a modern apartheid, Tim. Like this is a modern apartheid. We actually we do have one that Max Kaiser talked about an interest rate the apartheid for the longest time. Yeah, but now we're getting point. the COVID apartheid where you can't go and do things if you don't have the vaccine, which is you know. And how
0: and how interesting is it that Israel is the like top place in the world getting vaccines? Yet you know, and then also you know, sort of like branding, like hey, we got there's yeah, they just they started
1: bought. the green card, they call it uh, basically, so you could yeah. be able to do whatever.
0: Like, shouldn't Israelis and Jews be very leery of trying to label certain groups of people that fall yeah. into undesirable categories i mean it's it's almost like you know there wasn't something called world war Two, where uh you know somebody called yeah. hitler was going through and labeling certain groups of people uh, well, i don't know, think so we learn
1: tim i don't think we learned this comes you know back to the whole like terrorist attack on the and this is on, not an anti-jewish the... remark it's just no, an anti
0: all. you know i mean i know i you know bash you know catholics probably more than anybody and i you know grew up and was raised by catholics well, this, is, catholics tim, this
1: and- is this is all to do with statists you know like this is all about freaking statists all around the world believing that they can control us and And that we, you know, sheep for them, you know, like we we don't uh, we can't think for ourselves, you know, so everybody has to be protected, you know, uh, by these things. And and look at, you know, Bill Gates is out there talking about everything, you know, like he's like the granddaddy and like, oh, he's got to fix climate change. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. You know, like he's the rich boy, you know uh basically doing the same thing as david rockefeller did when he rebranded himself from a monopolist to a philanthropist you know that's the same and that's where jeff bezos is joining now too as he's joining this whole corporate scam which is you know turning into the the agenda 2030 tim this is really like getting fast forwarded with the the covid19 the rate reset all this stuff they're really pushing hard right now because you gotta like as Rama Emanuel said you know what was he the former uh aid to Obama, he said, you got, got to take advantage of a, of a crisis, you know, don't never let a good it, crisis, good crisis going to go to waste.
0: waste. And then yeah. his brother Ezekiel Emanuel was the head of the death panels. And then he was, yeah. I think, like 75 at the time and saying that basically we shouldn't divert any resources to saving anybody that's over the age of 70 something, even though he was.
1: Oh, sem- by the almost- way, by the way, I saw some very disturbing, sorry to keep this going, but I saw some very disturbing pictures today uh, of a old folks home. This was in Germany. Where they actually forced vaccinated uh, people, you know, you could see them like they're actually a video where they're like literally like pulling away and don't want to do it. And you know, you know what happened there? Eight people died within three weeks. And then another 11 uh, got serious side reactions. So that's like out of 31. That's like 20 people getting either serious side reactions or dying.
0: Well, the other place where it happened in America, it wasn't forced, but it was in a upstate New York one where it was like, what, they had like 80% of the people got vaccinated. And then within like two or three weeks, it was like 28 people that died. And that was actually very, very close to where I grew up. Uh, I think that was in Auburn, New York. And I grew up
1: in, you know, the same thing. That was kind of like where the first alarm about this happened. It's like, maybe we should be cautious, but no, we just continue. You know, I heard on the radio, it's like, yeah, we got to get all the Old people vaccinated, and here in Canada, there's zero deaths from the vaccine, team, Even though that's been reported, like eight or ten, but they die of old age. You know, like they don't die of the vaccine. There's
0: something else where if you reported as being caused from the vaccine, that you're then in some sort of vaccine injury court, where you can't even then publicize this, and you can't even then sue on other. I mean, it's it's a whole wild. Well, yeah, like
1: they removed liability for for Pfizer, Moderna right now in Western countries. You know, there's a reason why, for example, uh, was it India and South, uh, no, Swi- Switzerland actually rejected the AstraZeneca vaccine just recently. They, they're not allowing yeah, I did it to do that. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's a lot of it coming out and uh, and they're just going to keep on pushing this uh, whole agenda. But I think it's really losing a lot of steam. And that's why they have the second string, you know, the, the mutations coming out, which happens to a virus anyways. Uh, and you know, the AstraZeneca vaccine, they said that it was 10% effective against the, <laughs> the
0: and now they're saying, right. like, yeah. oh, there's this devil strain, oh, but now they're going to, yeah, but uh, also California they're going to, yeah, and another mutant strain in New York city and yeah. another, yeah.
1: Oh, and, and, and they're, they're saying that, oh, we're just going to create booster shots, <laughs> make more, you know, cash, cash, you know, like, so so today I had to
0: it. drop my kids off at school, my ex. Uh, wife works at their school and so she wasn't answering her phone and so I had to then waltz into school without a mask with none of my kids wearing a mask and then without even like they were, didn't even have like their backpacks because my ex had their backpacks and so like the people in the front office like wait like you don't have a mask your kids don't have a mask I'm like you don't I'm like you don't even have a mask on you I'm like no I don't I don't have them for the kids either because I've never made them wear one and I would definitely not want them to wear one and they don't have a backpack and they don't have like So it's like, right. so it's just like, but they're just like, all right, fine. Like they, so now like I've gotten to the point where I'm able to drop my kids off at school while being able to walk in there without a mask, uh, like the you. only one. And so once we hit March 15th, that would be eight months without even touching a mask, but probably gonna break that streak. Cause I need to go, I wanna go fly to see my grandparents. Uh, you know, they got the vaccine. So who knows how much time we're gonna have to see them. Cause I couldn't yeah. convince them not to get the vaccine.
1: <laughs> What people don't understand, we're still in, you know, the uh, early stages of this, like the human trials. Like people don't get that that we're actually in human trials. The I think I forgot which one it is, but the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, uh, they're still in trials until late twenty twenty two and early twenty twenty three. So
0: I'm thinking of wearing like a big N one hundred gas mask on the plane because i will be like, you know what, fine, you know, if you want to, if you guys want to, you know, play this game, I'm gonna be an an asshole too. So it's like I wore one (laughs) February nineteenth to be a jerk, which is actually way, way safer, by the way. Yeah. So I want to see what they say because it it was—it's all theater of do what we say. No, because I want to see if they tell me that I can't wear an N one hundred mask to be extra safe. So and it's weird, like in New York to get into a courthouse you have to wear two masks now. Like, look, literally, it is a rule. Like it is. I don't know what they call it—a rule or order or decree. My fiat that, yeah. So in the New York city uh, courthouses, you've got to wear two masks now just to get in there. Like it's insane. <laughs> but anyway, too, I am yeah, yeah sounds I'm good. so tired. Yeah, you, I'm, have, you yeah. have
1: a good night, Tim. It was uh, awesome talking with you again. You know, we, we talk a lot more, but you know, it's great to actually talk with uh, the public here and talk with everybody because this is so important what we've gone through today, the markets, everything, and especially, you know, what's happening with COVID. They're kind of losing luster, but you know, let's let's stay strong, everybody out there. We're we going to win this uh, eventually. Oh. And uh, we're going to kick the in New World Order's ass. Oh, no, hate, hate speech. They're going to say you're threatening violence. All right. All I right. <laughs> right, later, man. Yeah,
0: bye.